to an exciting episode of Church and Other Drugs. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Jay. I'm Jed. Welcome, congregation. How you guys doing out there in internet land? How now, brown cow? Uh, we were practicing our vocal warm-ups. How now, brown cow? The human That's torch Jed's. was denied a bank loan. Jed's is how now, brown cow. Mine is big dick bandit, big dick bandit, big dick bandit. <laughs> the arsonist had oddly shaped feet. <laughs> Ooh, so what's going on in your world jed uh just got back from drug school mm, drug school yeah man it was a doozy <clears throat> it always is that's like my favorite part of uh, is it what like once a month right that it's like a weekend once a month yep it's like my favorite part of the month then i think is hearing <laughs> all your stories <laughs> from drug school this one was pretty uh and for those that were just catching up um I'm in a counselor edu- education training to be a substance abuse counselor and uh it's another segment of things I heard in counseling school. Now, for this one I don't have direct quotes cuz they were kind of so-so, but I did get into a heated <laughs> heated argument with um with this were lady. Thrown? Were were notebooks thrown? It it was close. There was shit talk behind my back, like like because really? she she was sitting way at the back of the class, and Did I was like, way mumble, up front. Mumble, mumble oh shit yeah, after but it no, went down. I heard what she said, and then I'll t- I'll just tell you. So okay, tell me. We were talking about LSD, one of my favorite things. Um, it's incredible. Anyway, well, and it, and it's just interesting to me, like all all that the when we get into um, psychedelics and like how chemicals work on the brain. That's my bread and butter. So. And our teacher, like, was just saying stuff yet again that was just, like, incorrect. Like, dare, super outdated. Uh, Where do these people get this shit? Like, from honestly. The, from the same textbook that they've been using for, like, the past 20 years. You know what I mean? It's way outdated. From First Lady Bush's D.A.R.E. program? <laughs> Basically. Ni- ni- circa 1984? Circa. <laughs> circa 1984? So she, the thing that really got me, she was like, um, using LSD is just, even once, is, is potentially fatal. People really need to know that when you take LSD, there's a real chance of death. And that's when I was just like, that's a, I, I stood up and I was like, no, 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 nope, nope, not even close, not at all. <laughs> I was like, there has never been a recorded case of death from taking LSD-25. If we're talking about the a- actual chemical, LSD-25, impossible. They don't even know what the overdose, what the LD-50 is on it. They I'm don't even sure. know. It's, it's guessed. So, well, first, first, break down. You're talking technical drug, drug so, speak. So break down what you're talking about here. So LD-50 is the lethal dose in 50% of lab rats. So it's okay. it's the dose that would that killed fifty percent, which means that's the lethal dose, the lowest lethal dose. LSD okay. LSD twenty five is the twenty fifth. It's named that um, because it was the twenty fifth isomer isolated from the ergot plant when they made LSD. They tried twenty four times, and the twenty fifth time is when they found the molecule LSD twenty five. So we're talking about OG clean acid. OG clean acid, and I was like, look. Right. They're using this stuff in counseling sessions with people that are uh, terminally ill patients. To They use it in death therapy. Mm. 
death. Note to self. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and and so I was just like, and this lady in the back. This is when she started. She was like, I just, you can't just tell that to people. It's just so irresponsible. Like, I would never tell someone it's safe to take acid. And I was like, and she, That's all she, I said. And she, and she, well, and then she was like, you don't know that. You don't know that they won't die. And I said, yeah, I do, lady. I was like, I, I, <laughs> it's impossible. It is. She was like, you don't know if they can have an allergic reaction and break out in hives. And I was like, that's what? not how this works. Like, it's not. You, that's not how this works. It's not freaking peanuts. Like, you're not going to have. Right. I was like, lady, Jeez. you you're like you're not going to die it's just not going to happen ever will not ever 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 happen and she was like there's just no way you could know that i was like science tells me that i know this lady and i looked up oh, and then geez. i started uh, this is when she started back talking me because um i uh reaffirmed my case with the like telling her about how psychologists are using it and stuff and the lady mm-hmm. in the back goes this is when I heard her. She was like, I, I just can't stand him. He's always just, he's all, he's got something to say for everything. And he's not, he's not even saying the right stuff. He's not even right. And not two minutes after I said the stuff about psychiatry, she goes, my teacher goes, well, let's just read from the book. And she read and she was like, LSD has been shown to be effective in psychotherapy studies about death. I got bullied. Yeah. And I was, and, and my friend totally gave me the layup. He was just like, so pretty much exactly what Jed just said, huh? And she was like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'd suck it back row lady. For real. And she's, I've already had an issue with her because she's from Townsend. So she's all about like Suboxone and uh, it's a recovery. It's a Suboxone clinic basically. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I, I have mixed feelings about that, but another time, another, another topic for another time. Yeah, it did. And then it did actually get, um, it got really heavy. Uh, I did write that down on the today it got really heavy um we were watching another i think it was like a dui video and somebody like was it bloody asphalt eight and like (laughs) scoop brains off that uh no it was just like that it was called like five seconds to live but it showed uh the the names are incredible sorry well well this uh, i know i'm taking it away from funny this was actually like pretty pretty sobering uh it showed a teenager that caused the wreck and then the the family of the kid that like got killed so it was instances when drunk drivers killed just regular people right fuck yeah and they went to jail and so jail got brought up and this lady was like shoot oh god it was really sad and it started this whole chain reaction she was like my son was in jail and he had a he had a 10 year sentence he had been in there for 3 years and I lobbied and lobbied and fought with the judge to to release him early, and he did. Mm. And she was like, "If I hadn't and if I hadn't done that, the day he died, he would have still been in prison, and he wouldn't have died." And she's like, "And I can never forgive myself." And I was like, "Oh God!" And then this lady in the back just started crying, and she was like, "I needed to hear that because my son's in jail right now." Uh, facing 25 and then this dude up oh my lord <laughs> and then this dude up front who doesn't say anything was like my son's doing 35 years right now and let me this that and the other and i was just like holy shit and so it, like everyone just got all weepy and like quiet and it was it was really cool actually it was really good 
I don't even I don't even know what to say to that. I know. It was like a total um and ev- the coolest thing was the coolest thing about the videos I'll start first was the families of the people that died. It was two dads that were giving eulogies like in the courtroom and both of them were like I've already forgiven you and I wouldn't be able to do this without Jesus. And like thankfully I know my sons and like one dad was like, the biggest gift my son ever gave me was accepting Jesus a year before he died. And I was like, holy uh, shit. Oh, man. And then everyone in the class was like, all Did you their. Cry? Uh, I got weepy for sure. I got real weepy. What, is weep- what does weepy mean? Uh, I don't let myself go full tilt in public if I can help it. Like, I'll. Like, I can feel them welling up, but I'm holding. I can hold it back. I have. So a- let's talk about that. Why? Why? Uh. I don't know if I could have gone full-blown cry then, actually. I cry, like, I full-blown wept on Valentine's Day when me and Kaylee watched A Monster Calls. I, I broke down in her arms. Like, she wasn't crying. And I I, I cry for, like, because I'll cry, like, once a year. Interesting. Yeah, That's I really wish I could cry more, but it's... it's oh, really... dude, I'm a crier. You've it... seen me cry. Like when? in AA meetings, talking about you. Oh like I yeah, cr- I'll cry of fucking anything. That was sweet. Oh, I love you. Bro. Yeah, I, I'll I'll cry when I least expect it. And that's true. Yeah, Crying it's feels a trip, good, dude. Like man. if I if I feel it's it's like when I'm feeling the most connected, the most spiritual. Like I will cry at the drop, like at the drop of a hat. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I notice that's the quality of like old men that I love, like that, like you know. What are you that, saying? Like, what are you saying right now? <laughs> that you're older than dirt. <laughs> what was Jesus like? Did y'all hang out? What did Velociraptor uh, taste like? I know. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, you want to get to this interview, which is yeah. it turned out to be a bombshell, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't even know what we were getting into. I know it. Yeah, um, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil listen. it either. But listen, um, listen. So, Jay. What up? Yes. I did that on purpose. Uh, yes, that's son of a bitch. So, we are here with the better Jay, the original Jay. Jay from North Carolina, from Pittsburgh, North Carolina. Jay, say hello. Woo-hoo. Hello, hello. Well, welcome to the show. Um, you know, Hello, second Jay. Yeah. I, How about I, you be Jay number one and I be Jay uh, letter A? J letter that's, A. That's like I'm I'm confused already, but we can roll with it. Let's roll or with J, it. Or J J two and J B. Or I'll call <laughs> I'll call you Leno, and I'll call you. You can call me J Clark if you want. Uh, yeah, that's true. Way to give away your anonymity, dude. This is a very <laughs> private. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> we do have last names that sometimes help, but. So, yeah. um, J Clark not co-host Jay, is my friend from high school. We were, um, we were, 
little blossoming scene kids way back in the day. Oh, uh, oh, oh. oh. I did. skinny jeans before they made them for men. Yeah, we, when, when you had to wear girl days. pants. When you had to oh, wear yeah. actual the female pockets, pants. Dude, the pockets were a problem. Yeah, me. when I stopped wearing mine, actually my mom started wearing the jeans that I stopped wearing. <laughs> is that, is that <laughs> true? Yup, situation. <laughs> did that really yeah. happen? It really happened, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. That's so great. So I was remembering we went to um, Cornerstone Fest back when they had it in uh, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if y'all if, if y'all don't know, that was like the original hardcore festival for Christian kids and like kids. Isn't that, it? St- I think it's still going on, isn't it? No, it's audio feed now. Ah, Cornerstone. Okay. It it got too big for its britches, and it kind of disbanded because it kind of lost what made Cornerstone great. That right. was the the first show I I worked up the courage to hardcore dance at during Nor- oh. Norma Jean because it was dark and like I didn't know anyone in the state, and I was like Jay, I think I I think I'm gonna do it, and you were like Just do it, <laughs> do it, man, and I did and it, and it was it was You're awesome. And as <laughs> as an almost thirty year old man, I can report that I'm I'm still doing it. I don't know, like I, <laughs> it's so stupid. I recognize that it is, but I'll be damned if it isn't fun. It's so fun. It's so fun. We're going. I'm going to um, so what festival in two weeks in Texas. Nice. Yeah, but so the the cornerstone story. It's also where little prepubescent youth group kids can like. It's like almost like church camp. Me and Jay met up with um, these other little youth group girls, and I guess they were like our weekend girlfriends or whatever. Yeah, I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, And I was trying to show off in front of one of them, and I was like, oh, you want a piggyback ride? She's like, yeah. And so she got on my back, and I started (laughs) taking off running. I was like, let's race, because I'm a man. And I slipped in some mud, and pile drived her into the ground head first <laughs> like sl- like like the the, so good. the type of injury That's that you incredible. stop and you're like oh no like i just hurt <laughs> this girl but she didn't tell you to get lost like the fact that you did that and she still wanted to hang out with you yeah exactly i <laughs> was pretty intense that either says something awesome about you or something about her too I, uh yeah. i'm gonna say awesome about me the fact right, that we'll I, go with that I actually have a a cornerstone, uh, a second cornerstone story that relates back to you uh, in a roundabout way. Oh. In 2009, I went to Illinois to, to cornerstone and uh, I went by myself and I, I hitched a ride from, uh, let's see, Peoria to Bushnell in the, in the van of a band that I was friends with. They were playing at the, at the uh, festival. So I rode with them into the festival I camped out for the week and just met a bunch of random people. Uh, but before I could get to the festival, I got stuck in the Peoria airport. And it's a tiny little air- airport that I didn't know was so small that it actually closes, not like a big airport that like, stays open. Oh, my gosh. So I'm in this town. The the guys in the band that are picking me up aren't going to be there till the next morning. So I'm stuck in this little tiny town uh, in Illinois, and I have nowhere to go. So... <laughs> I call I call a cab company to like pick me up and just take me somewhere to a hotel or something. And I meet this couple out on the street and they were waiting for a cab too. And they were like, well, we have a car here, but we locked our keys in the car. So we're having to get a cab to go home so that we can get our spare keys and come back, get our car. So we get to talking and uh, turns out 
they are originally from Irmo, South Carolina. No way. And they lived, it wasn't on, um, I don't think it was the same neighborhood as the Tabers, but it was Piney Grove Church Road. No way. That's where they were originally from. So after talking for a minute, they were like, you don't need to get a hotel. You can just come stay with us. Nice. So uh, it turns out that they were missionaries. um, Oh, wow. They kind of set up camp in in Illinois for a few years, and they had uh, decided to stay there. And uh, they let me stay with them. And the next morning, I babysat their their like eight year old kid, and we played. <laughs> exactly right. It was Good the thing weirdest. You're not a serial killer. Jeez. Yeah. Checkmate, atheist. <laughs> you trying to tell me Darwin orchestrated that whole ordeal? I think not. That's incredible. That is awesome. So we got you on here to it's sort of a it's sort of an it's sort of an intervention jay we we know you've been smoking crack so yeah it's time you're about to get married the the jig to me no i'm I'm talking to north carolina jay jay you're hopeless other jay you're hopeless (laughs) no um so you work at a church you're our inside man you work at the church yep i went uh I spent a few years working uh, in uh, a government office doing marketing, video marketing for them, and I, I switched sides and uh, started working at a place that, you know, does something I respect. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It's a very. <laughs> so, what do, is it non denominational? Like, what kind of church are we talking about? Yeah, it's a. Uh, Ours is non-denominational. We, technically, we're part of the Acts Twenty Nine group, so that oh, yeah. just. But, um, you know, our, our specific church isn't necessarily Jay, Baptist. You could you could definitely see some Baptist leanings in some of the theology. Sure. Jay doesn't know what Acts Twenty Nine is. I do, but explain it to him. Uh, it's a it's a network of churches around the country. They uh, one thing that they really push is church planting. So uh, ah. One thing that really drew me to uh, our church is called Vintage. It's in downtown Raleigh. And one thing that really drew me to Vintage was that uh, even though we do have three locations, uh, one meets in a high school in midtown Raleigh. Ours is where the central office is downtown. And then there's a group that meets in downtown Durham, which is 45 minutes away. Even though we have those three locations, we don't really aspire to plant a bunch of vintage churches all over North Carolina that um, that's really not campuses. Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. Really what we, what we strive to do is financially support other churches that are trying to get started. Um, We do annual uh, pastor cohorts where pastors will come in from other States all over the country and uh, basically learn from our uh, pastoral staff and uh, kind of equip them to go back home, start their own churches, and do their own thing. Uh, we okay. don't we don't tell them how to you know how to preach, or we don't try to dictate every bit of their theology because we accept the differences in different churches and d- denominations, and uh, kind of just trying to teach them how to how to get their church going, um, how to grow, and uh, yeah, uh, to me that's we've said it before uh in sermons uh, our, our pastor said you know we're not territorial over raleigh uh we want people 
to hear the gospel and we want them to be in church. And it doesn't matter if it's our church or the one across the street or the one on the other side of town. Um, we just want people to, to hear the that, word. That's what our pastor says frequently in messages be like, look, if this isn't working for you, like, please like go find a church that like you like, yeah. cause that's important. You yeah. know, you like your, your allegiance is not to the church. Well, right. a, to a church. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so before that you had said that because I'm going to be honest with you, I'm, I'm a little upset because that sounds awesome. That sounds exactly like a church should be. So there's nothing I can. Healthy. Sounds healthy. Sounds like, you know, sounds like y'all know what you're doing there. Um, but it, before that apparently it was not all peaches and cream. No, no. Uh, I took an internship. So I, I had gone to film school in Greensboro and, uh, after college, you know, you, realize, uh, you, you're so much like me. You're basically, I get to look at you and be like, so that's what would happen if I would have been successful. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> man, pretty sweet. That's awesome. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I, I don't know. I don't, well, yeah, I don't know how, how successful I am on, on the film production level. Uh, that's, you know, having friends that I went to college with that are, uh, you know, working major Hollywood films and stuff my my film career is uh only moderately successful i am getting to do what i like doing i enjoy it but uh, oh, yeah, I, I remember I mean, he, that's he he made a uh you don't know he made a me without you um music video you remember that you showed me that for um oh, gentlemen awesome. yeah yeah see that was a it was like a school a, project and, or and, something yeah it was and it wasn't even supposed to be a music video but we decided partway through uh, filming it like let's not even have dialogue let's just let the music carry it and then it yeah. kind of became a music video that was um, sweet uh but i but i digress uh oh, have you heard me without you's new album i'm gonna stay here for just a second oh yeah oh, it's uh, so good <laughs> jay is shaking his head whatever man that's like the greatest dude they're yeah. so good dude um. <laughs> I, yeah and and it, it's so funny like back in the day you know the bands that you like when they change, I don't know about you, but like when my favorite pop punk band changes or my favorite hardcore band changes, I'm like, ah, oh, man, you're not, you're not like what you used to be. With me, without you, they constantly change, but there's something about them that that stays exactly the same. Right, and it's and, all, it's almost it, like they're changing with me. I don't know if that's exactly just like that. uh, inferred onto that or if it's actually it's it's very cool, yeah. yeah. They're one of maybe three bands that I could think of that have never written a song that I don't like. I I, I like every single thing they've written. So, so before Jay kills us, uh, yes, so you got an internship. You What'd you say? Yeah. Huh? I said, yes, thank you, God. Let's move Sorry on. it's not Chance the Rapper. Thank Yeah, well, you know. You want to talk about Chance? He did just donate a million dollars. So, Jay, dollars you were internship. School system. <laughs> <laughs> and it was awesome. Yeah, that but was anyway, cool. Good, good guy, Chance. Yeah, continue yeah. with the internship. Okay, so yeah, you know, film school, had some jobs, did this and that. Uh, eventually got an internship at a very large church. Um, uh, I don't think I need to say who it is. It, that'd be weird. Um, but it, it was a, it's a very large church. Probably a lot of people have, have heard of it. And uh, what, state very, is, what state is it in? It's in North we can Carolina. Just, I bet we can guess. Yeah, you probably can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually, I'm drawing a blank. If you don't feel I, I, comfortable saying it. Yeah, you don't fine. have to. Um, keep going. Okay, so yeah, what? Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
so uh, I got this internship and um, I, you know, I checked out their website first to, to make sure I wanted to, to go down there and, uh, and give this job a, a chance. It, you know, it was only supposed to be uh, three or four months. It was like a summer basically. Mm-hmm. And I looked at their video work and it's outstanding. Like it's just incredible. Um, their website was good. I, I listened to some of the sermons to, you know, make sure that I felt like, you know, theologically, I, I, I backed what they were saying and it wasn't just going to be a video job, but something that like I actually, uh, agreed with and, and felt like they were, you know, doing things the right way and, uh, that it was a Christ centered type job. Right. And, and it sounded, everything sounded, you know, great. Um, and then I started working there <laughs> and, and the rich, the ritual sacrifice room reared right. its ugly head <laughs> the blood yeah. dripping off the walls you know when i when i talked to them on the phone about coming down for the job they were like you know we we really value uh honoring each other and, and showing respect so like was it paid uh, or unpaid it was sort of paid i mean it was peanuts but it was, yeah okay there was, okay. there was some money um you know enough to eat <laughs> so but they they said you know we really value like honoring each other and showing respect. So like one thing is we don't call our pastor by his first name. Uh, you call him pastor, oh. or these other things. And they're like, are you cool what? with that? Like, you know, th- there's a lot of things that might sound really formal, but you know, it, are you okay with that? And I, and I thought, yeah, I mean, I can, I can do that. It's no big deal. It's a, you know, whatever, <laughs> but click, that, click your heels and raise your right hand as he walks by. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you always have to wear your white Nikes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I, you know, I thought that, okay, that's a, that's a little different, but that's their thing. I'll, I'll, I'll go with it. But it ended up being so much more than that. I mean, on my, my, either my first or second day, uh, I, I got kind of chastised by my direct superior for, um, for talking to the pastor and being, quote, too common with him. What? Oh uh, my. Yeah, yeah. He said common. those words too. Yeah, common. yeah. So to set, well, I'll I'll quickly tell this yeah. little uh, anecdote about that. So, uh, it was the all they have a ton of interns. So all the interns are there, and apparently someone was supposed to give us all shirts of the of the church to wear because on a certain day of the week they all wear church uh, designed shirts with their logo and stuff on it but no one no one informed me that and no one gave me a shirt you're supposed to get one when you start working and so i didn't have one Ooh. and as yeah they call me up to the front of the staff meeting and they're all like you know razzing me for not having the right attire on and uh like good good natured ribbing or like 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 sort of yeah, kind yeah. of but like we're kidding but seriously get the freaking shirt yeah yeah <laughs> that's kind of how i felt and uh, the pastor was like, okay, okay, you know, uh, we should go easy on him. And after, after the, the razzing, I was like, oh, man, if that, if that was them going easy on me, I'd hate to see what happened if you didn't stop him. And apparently that was like the most disrespectful thing to say. What? What? And, and on the way to lunch, my boss was like, you know, uh, that was kind of weird. Like, you were, you were kind of common with him and... Uh, that's just not, that's not cool, man. 
And I was just like, what have I gotten myself into? Yeah. Um, whoa. Geez. He it, always had his entourage around. Is, was this, is this a, like a known celebrity pastor, dude? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You no. just just tell me afterwards. I mean, I'm I'm dying now. I might even get oh, you no, to yeah, text we're it to me. Out yeah, afterwards. I need to know. I'm finding out um, afterwards for sure. So okay, so what after that? Oh, it just got it just got worse and worse. I mean, uh, well, the the interns they they told us you know every year that they have interns they were kind of setting up like you know this is tough. This is a tough job, and some of you are probably going to end up quitting because people quit every year because they can't handle it and i'm like what what, what are you doing to people yeah um, <laughs> maybe yeah, maybe you should reassess your strategy yeah, yeah exactly it felt very much like uh i, I never joined a fraternity in college but it, it mm. felt like amazing you know yeah uh, which they thought was all good-natured but it was it was a really weird combination of of things that we had to do that I felt were really getting off track from what the church is supposed to be focused on. Um, did you ever bring any of that up? Uh, to, to, any, know, to anyone, a fellow intern, uh, like, yeah, yeah. Me and some other people that quit talked about it in private, oh, okay. but oh, that's, well, that's so horrible that it has to do that. So I, I guess I'm trying to get a snapshot of, would you say there was like a prevailing spirit uh, in that church of like God or not God or, or was uh, it, is it, was it compartmentalized or was it really like once you got in there, you kind of saw that, like, I guess I'm trying to figure out if is good even being done in those places or if it is at what cost and what expense and like what's, what's going on there. Right. Right. Well, the weird thing, it's it's hard to really put your finger on it because, like I said, I listened to some sermons before I took the job, and I went to a couple sermons uh, in person uh, before I took the job. And they were legit. And if you're a spectator, it, you know it is it is flashy. You know the the band mm-hmm. and the light show, and, you know. And I thought, well, this is this is more than I'm used to, but I can't I can't point to scripture and say that having lights and a loud band is bad. Uh, right. I can't, I can't back that up, uh, theologically. I just, it's just not my preference, but that I said, that's okay. That's how they do things. Like my, my church has a band, but the band, there's not a lot of focus on them. It, you right. know, you're playing the songs that you're worshiping to, and it's not as much about, look how awesome this band is. Right. Uh, there are on stage, but it's very tame. I, uh, I joined the, the worship band at my church and I have that's it's 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 been a weird it's been a good experience like it's been it is weird though it's like uh, and now now since jed's joined there's a fog machine and lights there, there is and like a qu- full choir i, I demand i demand at least five minutes of solo time uh, excellent to bring down the house no only green only well, green m&ms in the blue room well it's <laughs> right. like <laughs> well it, it's like people will come up and be like worship was really good today and i'm like okay does that really just mean like we played good or or am i overthinking it because i guess there are you know there there are times during the set when i'll kind of black out and i'll like okay i'm like i'm feeling this and like but it's like is it just emotionally charged or i I, i'm sure i'm overthinking it come to think of it but 
it's it's <laughs> it's it's just it's weird i guess it's like i don't want I, i've asked a bunch of times i'm like god this is honoring to you right like this is like what what I'm, what you want me to do like this this is good am i doing good daddy you know like it's it's just it's odd yeah. it's odd i mean i think the i think the fact that you're even considering that and asking those questions and praying about that means that your heart is is in the right place yeah uh, and and it's a it's changes from person to person and and some people might not be in the right place but you know like i said it i don't think those things are inherently good or bad yeah i think that when they become the focus yes at yes. the expense of the gospel being preached yeah it's bad um yeah they can exist together but uh when when one takes over uh when when the show takes over the substance uh I think that's a problem. Um, now, well, and that was one of the things that was like, well, you know, that's just that's just how they do things, and and I can get used to that. Um, but then things got weirder and weirder, uh, and I think one of the tipping points was we had like this list of um, things that their church kind of lives by. Their the credo, I guess. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So it was it was like, I don't know, 12 things or something, I don't know, that are, are kind of their, I guess, 12 little mantras, you know. And some of them sounded good. You know, some of them were about uh, trying to be the most generous church, you know, trying to help people. Try, and and cool. I was like, yeah, these sound good. And then you get down to like... Number eight, take over North Dakota, huh? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get down, you get down to one, and I, they've since changed this because I, I was reading about it because uh, other people brought up how weird it was. Um, I think it was number eight was uh, uh-huh. we are united under the visionary. Come again? What? And, we are united and, under the visionary. And can you guess who the visionary was? I'm a guess. Not it's not God. It, yeah, <laughs> it's not was it God. Oh, yeah. I bet it was Stephen Furtick. Just a guess. Anyway, just a I guess. Didn't say that. Uh, well, you're right. Um. <laughs> no way, man. <laughs> Let me tell. All right, I'll just bring this up. I will bring it up again because I just think it's funny. Jay called me. Um, co-host Jay called me and was like, "Dude, I've already said this on the podcast." And he was like, "Dude, uh, I can't record tonight. I'm about to go see Stephen Furtick." And I was like, "Don't like what?" I was like, "I thought we don't <laughs> like Stephen Furtick." Like, no, dude. He's like, he's legit. I'm like, okay, well, have fun. And then he hits me up later. It was fucking horrible. It was like (laughs) the worst. He hits me up later and he was like, that that was not the guy I thought it was. I was like, yeah, man. (laughs) Like, I don't know what you were thinking, but. Oh, it was awful. And it's not like we're not. Well, I say, I was about to say, we're not here to judge. And yet, scripture says the the only people. Hold on, hold on. Scripture does say the only people we're allowed to correct are other Christians, mm-hmm, right? right? So it's it's not it's like do you, are those people? I'm reading this book by John Mark Comer called uh or uh, yeah called um I'm sorry Kyle Strobel Lee Strobel's kid I think mm-hmm. it's called uh um the power of the dragon the power of the lamb or something like that and it's basically uh obviously I'm I'm well read in this book I'm reading. <laughs> Um, it's about the higher power versus the lower power and what is your church being led by. And it's like, uh, he's, it's a real emphasis on that. There are principles 
principalities and and forces in this world that like are accessible and like it's if it's not from god you're drawing these and it's like you know the opposite of the fruits of the spirit like manipulation it's basically if you're running your church like a corporation and it's like stepping over the little guy and just trying to get to the top and what's it really about and it's like yeah i feel like that spirit it's like do you think they're christians i guess that's my kind of question gosh i don't know I like mean, for real, like I, I have a question before that though. Yeah. Do you think there's a, do you think there's an expiration date on, uh, like, uh, marshmallow peeps? No. What's it called? <laughs> non disclosure agreement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Non disclosure papers. <laughs> oh, <laughs> did you sign an NDE? Get sued. Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah, they're usually for like ninety days or something. But anyway, um, um yeah. How long has it been? Yeah. Like years. So my thing is like, in. In a corporation, in any organization, if there's that kind of like systematic abuse of other people, people need to call it out. Like that needs yes. to get brought to light. Yeah. And it, church or no church, but I think especially in the church and especially in a church that big um, that has access to that many people. That's just yeah. that many more people that it can hurt, right? So yeah. it, it's, pro- it's really problematic. Especially because yeah. the people – that listen, my friends that listen to this that are not Christians, may even be atheists, are just like, exactly. That is why yeah, yeah. I want nothing to do with your bullshit religion. And it's like, yep. I, I can't argue with you there, man. I it's, get it. You know, it's yeah. like, at this point, we really have to say, like, look, we're not the, you know, we're not the kind of Muslims that blew up whatever. We're actual Muslims. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's very sad, and I really think it's like some weird things are happening, man. And it's the the reemergence of like the Pharisee class almost. It's just I don't know, man. It's scary. Celebrity pastor, celebrity pastor, celebrity evangelical. Yeah, it's 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 like it's a fucking monster, really. Yeah. Well, I, it, I think the American evangelical church has become a monster, and it's turned people that I think are kind of predisposed. To that sort of, I think these people, if there wasn't an American evangelical church, they would be CEOs or whatever. They're just predisposed Type to A's. go after ego and power and money and yep. flashy and all that stuff. And like we've just like given them this, all of the, all of these people to follow them on a silver platter, and it's really scary. Well, it's yeah. like really, really scary. Well, and I've got two things. Uh, one, if you, if you will be so candorous. Is that right? Speaking in candor, I don't know, candorous. Um, Cantankerous was no, 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 no. Honest was money um, a motivator? Like in getting that internship, was a part of you like I want to go work at this big church because they'll pay good. It would be for me probably. No, it wasn't. No, the money wasn't good. Um, Well, the the idea of eventual. uh, No, I I didn't have any aspirations to to take on a full-time job there okay i knew it was a summer thing that i would come back home uh because I, I had no desire to live in charlotte uh right so yeah i want to stay in well, but and, um because i was gonna say i feel like that's a unfortunate trap that might get some people because it is enticing uh the other thing though is I, and i've had this thought with jay i think there well there has to be there are some people that like they love the mega church thing. That's like, and they get oh, fed yeah. there and like, it really seems to work for them, but it's, 
is I that... have some I have some buddies that are like that, and it's like an honest, earnest. That's what I'm saying. Like I yeah, believe them. Thing. Like I believe oh, them yeah. to their core. Well, I'm, I've got a couple of things. So, going back to your first question with money, um, <laughs> if if anyone questions my uh, decision to leave a government job for uh, the private sector and specifically a church, I actually took a pay cut to come work at Vintage. Yeah, and I lost my. Sure. You know, 401k stuff and and all that fancy schmancy junk so uh that i felt like you know me and my fiance prayed about it a lot like can we afford to get married if i'm gonna take a pay cut and work for a church instead of a cushy easy government job i um, just jumped in i was like i'm broke let's get married sweet <laughs> yeah i know we always we joked that my wife married me for my debt because i came like <laughs> locked and loaded we're pretty good um, yeah anyway but uh, moving on to the other thing, the the people that go and the people that are, you know, diehard fans of, of some of those mega churches, um, I, I know so many people. And, and like you said, you know, people that love those churches, they read the books, all that stuff. And I think that if you were if you were basing, you know, your opinion on on strictly what they're saying, what you hear in a sermon, I mean, just like I said, I, I listened to their sermons before I went, and they weren't saying anything that I really disagreed with. Right. It's when you get it's when you get behind the scenes and you see how far away they are from what they're saying you ought to be doing. It's, just the hypocrisy. It's almost like the, like pop pop music. Like it's it's designed to be easily digestible. And yeah, okay, I'll, this is good. There's nothing wrong. But yeah. behind the scenes, you know, Britney Spears is shaving her head and. I know. Michael I was just Jackson say, is then dead. The, yeah. The E True Hollywood story. Yeah, yeah. It, so the the stuff you hear and and the things that my that my friends or acquaintances like about those mega churches isn't necessarily wrong. I think a lot of it lacks real substance. It doesn't make you think very much, but yeah. it's not it's not it doesn't go against the Bible well, per se. And I'll say this too, like the handful of guys that I can think of off the top of my head are kind of beginning their journey. They're in the beginning years of their walk with Christ, right? So I, I would hope that over time, either that grows in that mega church that they have, or they kind of like, okay, well, the flashy band's all cool and stuff. And like, yeah, I love this professional sound system, but maybe there's more. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's... <sighs> The yeah, the money thing is it's just our yeah our church doesn't have a building we lease and it's like we give most of our um, funding to to overseas missions and it's it's just hard to justify like I'm always torn between okay because I got in a fight on the internet with someone about this um, of course of course you did spending money on nice churches right. I'm torn between like the Shane Claiborne, like anything I have is just given away and Jesus would, that's mm -hmm. how Jesus would have it. I don't want, you know, nothing, give away everything you sell, everything you have and come follow me at the same time. When I really benefited from a mega church, I was in treatment. Um, and like the highlight of that treatment center was we got to go to this church on Sundays and it was an awesome building. They had awesome food. They had awesome coffee. And I'm living in like a real shitty state funded treatment center that was just pretty horrible. And so to get to go to this place 
Everyone was nice. It legitimately, at the time, fed me spiritually. It charged mm-hmm. me up. So it, it, it served this purpose. So, I don't, man, I don't know. I guess that's just... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. know that there's... I think that there's kind of, you know, there's a phrase, there's an ass for every seat, right? So, there. I mean, I think different people have different that's, homes that's and different likes phrase, and yeah. different needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've seen... Here's the thing, too, is like I've seen some mega churches do it well. Like, yeah, I've like, seen some mega churches that that um, really are feeding their congregants and their staff appreciate working there, and it's not an abusive um, environment and all of that stuff. So I, I don't want to paint all mega churches with a broad brush. No, uh, but it's problematic, and it's really easy to fall into that sort of like dysfunction. Um, I've also been to a tiny church that I felt like wasn't really preaching from the Bible. That oh yeah, their, yeah. You know, the sermons were very just feelings based and uh, yep. no substance. Um, and they, they had their own little way about them that was, you know, somewhat pretentious and hipster, but for a very small crowd. Yeah. Uh, like you've got like Westboro, like that's a super time. People don't realize that's a very small church, but it's like they're right. dug in like a tick yeah. and they're yeah. crazy beliefs. Um, yeah. There's yeah. any number so, of ways to be unbiblical about what you're preaching. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we. Um, Here's my question. Yeah. Um. So you did an internship at um this church that shall not be named, but has been named. So we're, we're rolling with it. Um. And then you you turned around and said, "I want to be in ministry again. Like I want to work for a church. That's an that's interesting to me. Like how did that yeah. happen? Uh, well, me and our creative pastor uh, have, have talked about that a few times. And so leading up to my internship, I was doing videos on a volunteer basis for my current mm-hmm. church. Um, okay. Yeah. So I, I had my own freelance jobs. I was doing other work. And then when they needed a video, they would either go to me or this other video producer guy that goes to our church. Who's really He's actually better than me, but he has his own company. So they called me more because I had more free time. Uh, (laughs) But uh, they would kind of bounce back and forth between he and I uh, for different videos they need. So I already had a relationship with our pastors and with the graphic designer and some other staff members. So I, I had enough time behind the scenes at my church to know, to see the difference, to, to kind of compare and be like, okay, here's a church that treats me like a normal person that values, use me and that appreciates what I do and they just act like normal people with each other you know uh you know our head pastor will take some of the staff down to the he's from the beach and he'll he'll take a group of us down surfing or whatever and and hang out just a super cool dude everyone's really down to earth there's not there there's definitely you know as far as decision making for the church you know a hierarchy in that respect but as far as how you treat people um, respect and honor go in every direction to every person. There's not, it's not just from, from the bottom up, uh, you know, everyone's treated as an equal as far as like how you talk to one another, how you hang out, uh, as a staff and, um, seeing that difference, even just, you know, working at, at, at elevation and, and seeing the entourage, not being able to talk to pastor, not even being able to call him by name. That's and then so coming, weird. Home, 
coming home and after the service, you know, we're in downtown Raleigh and, and our pastor just hangs out on the street and talks to people, you know, uh, he chooses to live in East Raleigh, which is, you know, the, the most poor section of inside the Beltline, uh, downtown. Mm. Uh, it's, it's the lower income side of town. And, it, you know, it's not to say that he is poor. Uh, it's not like, you know, he's living in a cardboard box, but he wants to be in a side of town that, you know, uh, where he can serve. That's pretty, he wants uh, to be in the community. See, I, yeah. I, and yeah. I, I, I think, I, I guess it's this just the natural pendulum thing that your type of church and mine. It's it's you know we're pushing back on the hypocrisy of our parents and kind of the not our parents. We're pushing back on hypocrisy in general by you know I guess that's how you do it is you you know live correctly. Um, mm-hmm. So we or or you just take your ball and go home and join a house church. That's what yeah. That's what Jay did. That's what, did. I do. That's that's what Jay it. did. That's yeah. like I, I'd love to do Francis Chan's model, like what he's doing. Um, they started all these house churches um, mm-hmm. that he oversees, and once they get to fifty people, they have to splinter. Like it can't, yeah, it can't be awesome. bigger than fifty people. We've yeah. talked about doing that it's too. Very cool. Yeah, that's really awesome. Um, so we we got a little bit of time left. I, you're getting married soon, and then I want—I want to just bring up everyone, all my Christian friends that are still Christians. Um, so all three of them? No, there's. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that is the weird thing too. You know how like I'm sure, I would imagine that some of your friends that you grew up with that were Christian are no longer. Um, yeah. So what point in your has your? Are you one of those cases where your your faith is just stayed did you or was there like a regalvanizing point in your more adult life like how how if at all has your faith changed or like your theology changed or you know uh let's see yeah growing up in in a rural town uh going to church with my parents it was always just like what you do you go to church you know yeah uh and when I moved to Greensboro, you know, my town, my hometown is only five, 6,000 people. Uh, when I went off to college, I moved to Greensboro and, uh, I think Greensboro probably has 600,000, 700,000, you know, so it's, yeah, it's a lot it's, bigger it's than big. where I come from. And, yeah. and, uh, making friends in college that are believers, but come from all these different places, different States and backgrounds, um, showed me that like Christianity doesn't have to be this one type of thing. You know, I was, I, I found out, Oh, there are Christians that are conservative and liberal and Mm -hmm. like pop punk and like country music, you know, all these different types of personalities that, you know, in my town, you're either a Christian or you're not. Uh, and there's, there's a, a, a very defined line between the two and there's no overlap. Um, and there's a, there's not a lot of common ground. Um, so up until then, uh, I would say I was pretty immature as a Christian because I, I wasn't in a position to learn from different types of people and, and, uh, uh you know, have an open mind about a lot of different things. You, yeah. Um, you were in a safe space more or less. Yeah. Yeah. And 
uh, I'm getting off on a tangent, but you know, growing up being so into like pop punk and metal and stuff like that, but having this side of me that made me feel really alienated from my friends that liked those things because they thought I was weird that I went to church. I yeah. never fit in with the group because the kids at church thought I was weird for being in a punk band. Uh, the kids right. at the show thought I was weird for going to church the next day. Uh, so, right. so college was kind of part two of, of where I was in my faith because that was this new, this new chapter where my faith and my social life could intermingle. And there were a lot of people that, that shared the same interests and beliefs as me, but that still didn't quite get me to a place where I was growing on my own. I was still, you know, the type of Christian that needs to be fed a lot of information. I work at the church being more involved, just not, not just on the video production side, but like uh, continuously taking part in things like staff prayer and, and reading together and studying together um, has bled over into my, personal life you know it used to be something that i would do at bible study or do at church but it's motivated me it's 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 got this thing going in me where like i'm excited to do it on my own you know just being in prayer and reading more and learning more um for the first time it's not an obligation it's some it's somewhere i want to be uh and you know i hate that it took me 30 years or 29 years to to get to that point spiritually when it, it should have yeah. been so long ago. But well, I think uh, that I would push back on that and say, cause I think about that too, but that's how genuine faith is. I would say it's none of it was wasted. All of it was necessary to get you to where you are. Like if, if it was just when stuff is just given to me, um, it's, it's, you know, I didn't really work for it. And I guess I don't think, you know, I guess I, I don't think that's how it, it takes what it we takes have to, to be work out your faith. Yeah. And it's like, so it's definitely changed, you know, two or three times. And uh, I think getting engaged to dating is and realizing that like my faith isn't just, uh, I mean, it is a, it is a deeply personal thing, but when you're about to bind your life with someone else, realizing that like you have to be strong in that for the sake of that other person and for your marriage it can't just be something that like I go about lazily. Right. It has to be right. something that the, the foundation of my life so that it can be the foundation of our marriage. Um, and that, that was a big motivator to, to, you know, be more, be more serious and intentional about it. I mean, I'd, I'd awesome. definitely marry you by judging by that. So the real question, oh, oh, oh. do you still believe people burn forever? Oh, <laughs> or, uh, or, or do they get, uh, that I think that uh, you get stepped on by a giant gorilla over and over for the rest of your life. <laughs> or for all, or for... Well, so, so you're a gorillaist, um, um, man. And yeah. and listeners, I apologize for the uh, the audio quality. We had some Skype issues toward the end, which tarnished an otherwise fantastic interview. Man, um, agreed. Thank yeah. you for coming on, Jay. We really appreciate it. For man. real, thank you. It was. It was I good. didn't even talk about video. You didn't even talk about what? Talk about video. I didn't even really talk about video that much, but that's cool. Oh, I yeah. I yeah. video all the time, so it's kind of nice to talk about something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, but they, <laughs> no, really, thanks for coming on. And uh, yeah. I do want to – I heard this thing. Uh, you guys will probably be really excited. Um, they, found, they found a solution to the refugee crisis, and all 
that has to be done is Stephen Furtick has to open up the bottom floor of his house. Oh, we'll all, we'll be good. Oh. A bazenga. A bazenga. Yeah, we'll we'll see if that happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Later, bud. Oh, uh, that's all. Shit, what an incredible interview. I, right? Right? <laughs> like, seriously? No idea. I, did you know that's where he interned? No, I was actually, I had um, told him I wanted to interview him. I didn't even know he had an internship beforehand. I thought he was just working at a church, and I thought that was interesting. So, <laughs> Good Lord. The, the Lord Call works. Call it a diamond in the rough. Yeah. Good night. Well, um, I do have a confession to make. What's that? Um, that hilarious ass joke that I told about the refugees in Stephen Furtick's house, I totally ripped it off. <laughs> from who? From, well, from the unstoppable badass himself, Toby Morrell. I feel like if I'm oh, going to nice. rip off somebody's joke, I, it might as well be the badass. We need unstoppable if you're out there. We're going to need you to stop on by. Or your brother, Mike. Mike. I really, I want Mike on. I do too. I want uh old old Jostein and Mike on. <laughs> so anyway, he, heed the call, interview, unstoppable. The interview was incredible. It really was. Jay's one of my like he's one of my oldest friends, actually. Cra I mean like crazy. Like that's crazy shit. That is. It 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 makes me sad. It, it does. It's like, it's freaky. It's how how can people read the same Bible that I read and think what they're doing is okay? Like, I'm sure that there are people that go through that sort of thing and like need to go to fucking therapy. Like that's how, that's how bad that psychological, um, it's like societal abuse is so fucked. Well, but yeah, it, it yeah, it just is. It, yeah. I don't know what can be done about it. And, and it's like all in the name of what? Quote unquote furthering the kingdom of God? It's like it's asinine to think that that I, – I just don't under – do, it doesn't compute in my head. Yeah. Two and two does not equal four on that one. I don't under I, – like I just don't understand. I don't know. Yeah. It's no different. It's just celebrity, celebrity culture. I mean that just shows we, we as a species just look for – we want – even back in the Bible, we want a king, man. Give us a king. Give us someone in front of me yeah. that I can cast my adoration on. And so then, and then as people, so misguided. Well, yeah, it's, it's misguided. It, it's 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 the it's the most innate of all humanness, which is proof of God for me. But yes, it's it's an it's when it's not directed at God. Yes, it's very misguided. Yeah. Very very misguided. Well, and when people take advantage of that, it's just, it's like, 
it's truly tragic. I'm me. sure it's got to be hard to not. You really have to have a, a wingman or seven <laughs> to tell you, like, yo, son, you're, you're, you know, you're gonna need to chill out with, uh, with all this high ho- high horsedness, or God and a real relationship with Him. Because, like, yeah, I, I feel like if you're being honest with yourself and you're being honest with Jesus Christ. And your relationship and like your prayer and all like you don't let that shit happen. Like I just well, don't. Then I don't maybe understand. maybe it stems from just an immature faith and it's just a guarded faith and like maybe he's never. How oh, I'm not. Never mind. I'm not even gonna go there and, and I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what his relationship I, is. I don't either. I don't either. But I can tell you this that it, it, it's not gonna sound crazy to you, but it might sound crazy to the congregation. Like I have those tendencies to be a complete arrogant dick. Right, like that's that doesn't I mean, sound any, crazy to me at all. <laughs> I know, I know it doesn't. But so I'm in Enneagram three, like three Enneagram threes. The, that's a Stephen Furtick is a three, right? And that's what like sociopathic CEOs are Enneagram threes. Like I, that, I'm built that way. Um, it, it's like success at all costs, right? Um, and it, but because but because I like have people around me and I have a relationship with God, like I get put in check. I, I, think, I get put in check. I think a good wife that cuts you down is very necessary too. <laughs> my, yeah. I'm hey, I'm speaking for me too. Like I'm Bruh, a, <laughs> my wife, she don't take no shit. Dog. No, no, and she it's incredible. Not. And it's incredible for me as a man. Like it truly is. It really is. Yeah. When when I when my sponsor co-signs my bullshit. My wife is like, nah, nah, <laughs> but babe, babe, <laughs> babe, she's like, babe. She's like, no, these are your motives. You can bullshit everybody if you want, but you know, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, <laughs> speaking of bullshitting and getting in trouble and okay. I, I realized that I've had two people tell me, oh, I really liked your podcast, man. You, you know. You got you still got that street talking and f bomb dropping and I was like yeah street talk street talk is what one of them called it and then I realized I was like man my parents in law listen to this too hey guys if you're listening uh, <laughs> and it's like I hope they don't judge me by my every now and then foul language it's I, we're not gonna we have, we're not I gonna I think we can be honest with ourselves and say it's it's more than every now and then. Yeah, but, and, and but anyway, and it, and that's why. Yeah, I want to change it just because it makes me sound less intelligent, and it loses its gravitas if I say it every other word. True that, boo. Um, but and it also got me in trouble. So I was staying with my friend Sean and uh, his girlfriend Allison in, in Baton Rouge when I go up there for class, and he Sean had his son staying with him that night. So we're playing with this kid in the kitchen. And he's just started talking, and uh, he turned on like Mario Mario sixty four or something, and the controller dropped, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" And then I'm talking immediately. Little Jax goes, "Oh fuck!" And I was like, "Oh, oh no, oh no, no, no!" And I was like, "No, no, no!" I was like, "No, no, 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 Jax!" I said, "Duck!" I said. What sound does a duck make? What sound does a duck make? And I spent the next 10 minutes convincing this kid that I said duck. And I had him fooled. And he was saying, I was like, so so what did I just say? And he goes, oh, duck, quack, quack, duck, quack, quack. And I was like, very oh, good. Geez, you lie, lying to that little Well, boy. dude, I mean, I didn't want to get him in trouble. But then Allison later dropped a fork and goes, shit. And, and Jax just goes, shit. 
<laughs> and this real, like I'm talking like a parrot, dude. That's awesome. Like a so sponge. So here's the thing about that, it's which is really weird, is um, my wife and I speak exactly the same in front of our kids as we do with everyone. So my kids hear fuck shit, at all of it, all the time, right? Like all the time. And my son said something like uh, called his brother a dumbass or something. What's it? So my, my kids are five and two, right? And the five-year-old called the two-year-old like something. There's a turn of phrase that had ass in it. Um, and I... I told him, you know, Kai, A, you need to be nice to your brother. And that's what I was like a little more upset about. But also like we call, you know, some grownups think that, that those are bad words. And if you say those outside of the house, you might get in trouble. Right. So like, you can you can say them here, but don't say them outside of the house or you, or you might get in trouble like at church or school or something. Do you think? He, and uh, it, it, and so that's the only time that he's ever said anything. Really? I, I, so did only he, time did he never go through the parroting stage he did he did but he just never he just never said shit or fuck or any of that it's it's bizarre to that me is but weird. I, I really think it's because um we just didn't make a big deal about it like i really yeah. think it's because we didn't make a big deal about it and he didn't know what it meant so he never used it yeah because when i when i dropped it we all did a <gasps> like oh no Yep. What, what have I just yep. done? Yeah, and so he was See? like, oh, hee hee, this is the game. Oh, no, no, yeah. my wife. I would say my wife might have a worse mouth than I do, and she's around the kids all day. She's a stay-at-home I would, mom. I would never say that. Emily, you are a saint. She's incredible. No, she's awesome. But she says fuck in front of my kids like 80 times a day. Emily would never say that. She's, oh, Jay is no, a liar. I know. She, she does. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that. Uh, and then, well, yeah, and, and it's, weird how, it's weird how kids' minds work, right? It is. I made, I Snapchatted, um, Jack's the kid, and and I made him, I Snapchatted Kaylee, my wife, and I made him say, "Kaylee, don't you want one?" Like, and it didn't work. Like a kid? Yes. You're talking about like a kid? Yes. You tried to get yeah, your, I tried to get the kid to sweet talk my wife into having a kid. To have into letting you knock her up. Yeah. The the joke is gonna be like when the congregation hears me panic when I actually am about to have a kid. That's gonna be the funny part. <laughs> it's like I've always said I'm the I'm the female in the relationship. My biological clock is ticking, man. I need to reproduce. Yeah. You'll I, be, you guys are, you guys I, will be great parents, man. I think so. I'd Remember, li- like, I'd like I, know, so. I know, I know, I know, I um, know so. And you're going to say fuck in front of your kids all the time too. And it's going to be great. That's going to happen for sure. I'm oh, going to, yeah. I'm, I'm going to talk. Well, I don't even want to go down that hole. Anyway. Yep. Jed's movie picks for the week. Uh, Logan. I just saw Kong Skull Island. Yeah. It was. I hear good things about. I hear good things about Logan. Kong was also a really fun ride. It was really? Good. Yes, it was really. I'm gonna go see it again with Kaylee. It was really good. It looks like a little much. Uh but it, but it's it's like it's got it's just fun. It's it's not. It doesn't take itself too seriously. Right. Um, That's cool. And I started That's watching Boardwalk Empire. I hear good things about that too. That is so good. You want to hear what I'm watching? I'm gonna. It's like John's Jay's Nerd Hour. Yeah, go for it. I'm sure it sucks. 
I'm rewatching uh, Star Trek DS9 for like the second, the whole series for like the second you time. You love you some DS9. All right, dude, I love Star Trek specifically. Con- DS9. Congregation, tweet us uh, whose taste is better. How many? I want to know how many Warsies versus Trekkies we have out there. I am diehard Star Wars all day. Oh yeah, I'm Trek. I, here's the thing: is like I know there are more Star Wars fans than Star Trek fans, and here's the reason why: it's because it's watered down, and like you have to have a sophisticated it's, sci-fi it's fan, palette it's, no, well, to enjoy Star Trek. Star Wars is, isn't sci-fi. Star Wars is fantasy. Let's get that off the table. It's not sci-fi. It's about a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, it's space in Narnia. It's, it's, it's called Star Wars. Then w- it's about wars. It's science fiction, dude. It's not. Right. There's no yeah. science in it. Why would it? Why would the planes, the or the spaceships, fall when they get hit? Like they're in air. Okay. Yeah, that's that's fair. Yes, dude. Come <laughs> on, dude. They, they they don't that's care. Fair. They you know what I'm saying? They make noise in space. Lots of noise, lots of explosions. They don't, they're not really so concerned. Stars. I mean, so does Star Trek. It's, well, but that's from inside the ships, right? Anyway. Yeah, but, but we digress. Nobody really cares. Uh, that was awesome, though. We'll see you guys later. Thanks for stopping by. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.